listening to the Water and Stone Church podcast. Welcome back. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I'm Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And also, this is episode number 80. My gosh. Yeah. I, you know, I've been doing pretty good. There was a period of time, if you listen back to early episodes of the podcast, we would say this is episode 12 or 20 or 50 or whatever, and I would gasp because I was just amazed that we kept doing it and we get such great feedback from our listeners and all that kind of stuff. But I've been really good about not, well, about concealing my surprise (laughs) and my delight at the whole thing. But come on, 80, forget about it. It's amazing, right? So I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has been listening and cheering us on. We get such nice comments in our email and and feedback on the when it goes on social media and all that kind of stuff. And I just want to thank you. You know who you are. Thank you for the five-star reviews on iTunes and all that. Thank you for all of this stuff. 80 episodes. We should do something special for 100. You think? Let's, yeah, maybe well, we'll do we got, a live we episode. Or we got some time to think about it. But anyway, right now, here we are at 80, and I am so honored and delighted. So thank you, everybody who's listening, old and new listeners. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. But as we gather around this week... I want to talk about what we did yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. We had our monthly service project. Um, If you've ever been to the church um, or if you've heard us talk, um, one of the things that is super important to us is to go out into our local area and help organizations that are already doing amazing work. Mm -hmm. We don't feel like it's necessary for us to become a food bank we would prefer to go and support a food bank that has already figured out how to feed so many people and just hand them our our work, our yeah. hands and our feet and our the sweat of our brow. Yeah, it's know, about so speak. core competencies, right? Mm-hmm. We're never going to be as good of a food bank or soup kitchen or whatever as groups that are designed to do that. And on the other hand, our core competency, we are a church. Right. That's what we do. And we're not interested in Habitat for Humanity starting a church in the same way that Habitat for Humanity isn't really benefited by us trying to build houses on our own. Everybody wins when everybody focuses on the thing that they're here to do. And we are here to be a church. And so instead of trying to have our own soup kitchen or whatever, we go and serve at places like that. And there's a lot of reasons for it. There's theological reasons for it. There's behavioral, societal, all kinds of reasons for it. But at the end of the day, it is just so much fun to be out in the world. And we're not proselytizing. I mean, we had our water and stone shirts on that say, God is good, you're good, go do some good. But we didn't get into it with anybody. That's not why we're there. We're just there to help people get fed. Right. But yesterday, we got the opportunity and had the privilege of working with Feeding America, and their local branch here is called Feeding Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. And I was really astonished at the numbers that they gave us. I mean, everybody knows that there are hungry people. Everybody knows that. I Mm -hmm. mean, just look around and, and you can see evidence of that driving down the street. If you live in any kind of major metropolitan area, you're gonna see homeless folks, people that don't have enough food. But within the 10 counties that... Feeding Tampa Bay slash Feeding America serves in this area. Mm-hmm. There are 700,000 people um, that are what they refer to as is food insecure. That means 700,000 people that do not know where their next meal is coming from. And it's easy to paint those people with a brush of, oh, they're lazy or they didn't work hard enough or whatever. And that's just not true. Right. It's not the case. And first of all, we're not here to judge even if that was the case. That's not our job. Our job is just here's a problem. We need to fix this. But the truth is that there there is a much broader cross-section of society that is represented there. And we learned all about that. And I encourage you listening to do the same. But at the end of the day, being able to say, you know what? None of that matters. Here's the point. Somebody's hungry. We've got food here. We're going to do something to put those two things together. Right. And so what we did there is we went in for um, three hours Mm -hmm. um, with a few other groups. I think there was a Girl Scout troop there. There was um, um, a group from FedEx doing a team building activity. And I think that there was a group from a Catholic high school. And then there was the Water and Stone people. Mm -hmm. And so the four groups all worked together from nine to noon, and we managed to create and box up and organize 8,992 meals 
that we were able to get out to people, yeah. which was absolutely amazing. It was thrilling. And they told us that that was an above average number. Well, I got to so tell you. So I was like, we had some hustle and maybe, we were working and it was Maybe they awesome. tell everybody that, but I got to tell you. But- and I said this after we did Humane Society, and I'll probably say it every time. Every time we do a service project, pretty much every time, somebody from that organization will say, wow, you guys have broken some records. Nobody does it as as well as you have done it today, blah, blah, blah. And it's just really gratifying. And the truth is, we were moving. We were moving. It involved, what, what happens, go, you, you probably know what a food bank is, those of you listening, but basically people donate food and it's in all kinds of shape. And so there's, you have to sort through it. You have to make sure that everything is, is edible, you know, expiration sealed. dates and yeah, make absolutely. sure that if it's a can that it's not dinged up so you can't open it. If there's, you know, if it's safe to eat, if it's this and that and the other, and then sort through, okay, here's dry goods and here's medicine. Here's canned fruit, here's canned, animal canned food, here's breakfast blah, blah, cereals. Yeah. And it goes on and on. There's many categories. There's probably two dozen categories or something like that. And so what it amounts to is forklifts come in and drop off these pallets of random stuff that people have donated. And it's in all kinds of different conditions. Everybody's wearing gloves and you move as fast as you can to sort the food out. And some of it is just garbage. And I was the garbage guy. So people hand me stuff and I'd throw it away. And then I would also bring boxes in. And it was like an assembly line. Well, first of all, we started out – it was kind of a big mess, and then I was—I got such a kick out of watching you, Jenny, because you're such—you're so alpha. You're like, okay, no, hang on. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay, we need some people doing this job and some people doing this job, and it was so effective and efficient that people from other groups. We had a little girl, well, little, she's probably 14, came over to our group and she said, "Wow, the other table over there—they're not organized like you guys. I want to help over here," and. Her we, mom came over and she's like, you abandoned me. You left me. She's like, I'm staying here. She's like, you can go back, but I'm staying here. It was very cute. But we beat the... the we the, beat. The, I the love for, well, no, no, no. We beat the forklift guy's ability to bring us food several times. We were waiting for them and the other groups weren't. And yeah, I'm a little bit competitive, but mostly I'm just proud that one thing water and stone people know how to do is hustle. This is... I'm really proud of our people are people who work. And we're not working because we're trying to get into heaven. We're not working because we're afraid of anything. We're working because we genuinely love. And we had a little moment before things really got started. And I said, look, I want you to really think about being the blessing. I want you to think about somebody getting a meal. I want you to think about this is the beginning of somebody's life where they are supported and able to give love back out to the community. Take a minute and just don't forget to be the blessing today. Absolutely. It's not like what I said was magical, but... I like to think that we carried that attitude with us. And we worked hard. Boy, I was tired when we got done. But I'll tell you what, I had a blast. It was so much fun. And we were all good. laughing and bonding. And it's it, it was a really neat thing. And uh, we got somebody new. A friend brought a friend who, who hasn't been to any of our church stuff. But there she was with the T-shirt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, part of our family. And this is where it starts. Sometimes it's hard to... To bring people on a Sunday morning because there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. But just come help feed somebody. Absolutely. You know, come do a thing and then see where you're at. A good day's work and it was amazing and I'd be happy to go back again. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a few of our service projects that, we, that I want to go back to all the time. This was absolutely one of them. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, it, it really was good. Was. Now we'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for August 19th, 2018. And the title of this lesson is called Off the Deep End. And it is the third in our series called Signs. And that's a series that we're talking all about the recorded miracles of Jesus. So if you haven't heard the first two, head back to our earlier podcasts and catch those and then listen to this one. By now, you know that... God wants you to be happy. I mean, it would be a weird thing for you to be created in all of this love and awesome power and beautiful faith for God to go, eh, not so much. You know by now that God wants you happy, that God wants you well. For one thing, you're here for a reason. You've got stuff to do, lives to change, worlds to change. So God wants you happy and healthy and whole and all of that. So it's cool with God. And for the most part, you might, got, you might have some relationships that need some TLC and all that. We get it. But for the most part, the people around you want you happy and healthy. 
They need you happy and healthy because you're in their lives for a reason, whether they know it or not, whether they like it or not. You're there to show them something. So the people in your life, they want you happy and healthy and well and healed. So God's cool with it. They're cool with it. By now, eh, maybe we've got some stuff we've got to work on and everything, but by and large, we're okay with that healing too. For one, we talked a little bit about some of the particulars last week, but by and large, we're okay with it too. So where's the hold up? It's okay with God, it's okay with them, it's okay with me. Okay, God, where's mine? That is a very natural question. What's missing? This miracle is about the next step in the process. This miracle is about what might be missing. If you're working on your healing and you feel like, okay, I've read the books, I've got it, I understand what this is for you. This is a great miracle because it's so simple. God, Jesus says, do a thing. The guy does a thing. But in that moment of simplicity is the beginning of something very serious. There's a depth here, and there's a beauty here, and there's a majesty here, and there's some trouble here. This is the first miracle where Jesus gets in trouble. This is the one where he starts to upset people. I think people were okay with the wedding. It came to the water and the wine, the, the Paul Masson moment. People were okay with that. <laughs> the gospel according to Paul, different Paul. Um, <laughs> people were even okay with Jesus healing the guy's son. That was all right. I mean, Jesus went around saying things that were maybe controversial, maybe were a little bit revolutionary revolutionary, maybe a little bit disturbing or get tongue-tied about, but in general, it's okay. But with this moment, with this healing, something else happens. He starts to bother somebody. This is important. Because part of the missing ingredient, here we go, this is what we're going to talk about today. Part of the missing ingredient for your miracle, your healing, your getting over it, maybe that it's important to remember that it's okay to not care what people think. It's okay to stir the pot a little bit. I'm not talking about being a jerk. Thou shalt not be a jerk. I'm talking about coming from a place where you can say to the people around you, I love you so much, and I see such purity and beauty in you. I see such heroism in you. You're so strong. I love you so much that I don't care what your reaction is going to be. I'm going to show you the best of me. That's real love. Instead of, oh, I better tiptoe around because what if they can't handle my brilliance, my truth, my learning this thing? What if they can't handle me getting over it? Everybody knows what relationships like that look like. I love you so much that I'm going to give you the best of me no matter what your reaction is. That is the beginning of real healing. It may just be that in order to get your healing, you've got to stir the pot a little bit. Jesus got in a lot of trouble because this little moment of healing broke a couple of really important rules. First of all, he did it on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do anything. I don't even think you're allowed to call Uber on the Sabbath. I, I, it's not clear in Scripture, but you're not supposed to do anything. But the other thing is that he said, yeah, of course we did healing. I mean, I'm a child of God. He's a child of God. I know that God wants us all to be healed. What's the problem? And the authority said, wait a minute, whose kid are you? That's not okay. You're not allowed to say that you're a child of God. You're certainly not, not allowed to say we're all in this together. You see, the authorities of the day really needed to be a middleman. Because the whole pyramid scheme falls apart if you can go right to the source. I need you to not believe in yourself. I need you to not believe that you've got some kind of a connection with your creator, even though the Bible says so. I need you to go through me. That's that child of God part. And the Sabbath part is, I need you to listen to me. I need to be able to tell you when to do and not do things. And Jesus said, none of that is important. I don't see any of that. Have you ever had a relationship, whether it's with your church or with your family or with somebody you love, where they need you to go through them and they need to be able to tell you when to do and not do? You know what it is to upset that person. <laughs> That's the beginning. 
Do it in a nice way, but that's the beginning of freedom. Do it in a, in a beautiful way, a sweet way. The thing is that Jesus isn't interested really in upsetting people. He's just interested in the healing part. You get the idea that there's some things that just don't occur to him. When Jesus looks at you, when God looks at you, when the truth, the divine, when love looks at you, they don't see your hang-ups and your problems and your growing places. They just don't. So Jesus goes to this place where there's all these sick people around the, the pool at Bethesda. It's like a Jerusalem equivalent of Adventure Island. There's this place. <laughs> and he sees all these people sick. And the idea is you've got to get down to the water to get your healing and all that. And it's clear that this guy has been here for decades. I mean, I guess there's just a lot of crumpled up Kleenex and Vicks Vapor Rub. I don't know, I don't know how you know, but you can tell. He's been there for a very long time. And Jesus doesn't see that. I think that a lot of people would go, oh, this guy's really got a hard time. I mean, someone's got to, got to call somebody. But Jesus goes, don't you want to be well? Well, think about that. There's a depth to that question. We'll get more into it in a minute. But in this moment, I want you to reflect with me on the idea that Jesus doesn't see the problem. It's not a limitation for him. Does your problem need to be a limitation for you? Because what you see is what you get. So in order to be like that, in order to have that kind of a moment, get to the place where you don't gravitate to the problem. Get to the place where that ain't what you see. We talk a lot about what we choose to see. Maybe in this moment we should think a little bit about what you choose not to see. This isn't about being blind. This is about being aware of what matters and throwing away what doesn't. Earlier I said, maybe this is where we take out the garbage. What garbage are you putting up with? What do you see when you look at the do you see a sick person? What you see is what you get. Maybe it's time to look at things differently. Maybe it's time to clean up not just what we see, but what we don't see. And when we get to that place where we see something different, then we can really hear it. Okay, so get up and walk. Do something. Be so inspired by what's in you that you just get up and you do. And I love the fact that that's all it takes. And when I read that, i got to go, okay, well, what's it going to take for me? What do I got to get done with? What do I have to stop seeing? What trash can I take out? Because the deal was that people would gather around this pool, and every once in a while, this is, this is weird, listen to me for this. you gotta, you got you to hear this. Listen, <laughs> every once in a while, the water would get stirred up. I guess the announcer would come on, the lifeguard would say, grab your rafts, the waves are coming, like they do at Adventure Island. And the thing would happen, and as soon as the water was stirred up, whoever got to the pool first got their healing. Nobody else. It's like a game show. It's like Monty Hall would come out, or maybe like super sloppy double there. The first person who takes a physical challenge and gets into the stirred up water and gets their healing, nobody else does. Which is odd, because for one thing, it means the people who need it the most are never going to get it. But sometimes, people build systems like that. Weird gyrations of my faith can only happen if I do these things. The Monty Hall concept of God. How many prayers are the let's make a deal prayer? I mean, really, think about it with me. How many prayers are, okay, well, I'll do the physical challenge, God, if I can get the healing. How many prayers? But once again, I love the fact that Jesus doesn't show up and go, you guys are nuts. He could have. Right? Because obviously he doesn't believe in that. Jesus doesn't preach a gospel if you've got to get to the magic wave pool in order to get your healing. Over and over again, you've got what it takes inside of you. But he doesn't walk around and go, you guys are crazy. Because our job is not to condemn other people's faith. As long as it's sincere. I mean, Jesus was very quick to point out hypocrisy and injustice. We should be too. We are here to speak truth to power and stand up for love and, and that sort of a thing. But if someone's faith is sincere, let it be faith. Because any faith will heal. And sooner or later, if you give yourself to faith, you'll get your healing. And people were healed at the wave pool. Magically. But not necessarily. 
You don't need the process. And think about how many times people have got this complicated Monty Hall idea of God. Okay, I'll get my healing if I show up every Sunday and I put a certain amount of money in the plate. I'll get my healing if I do these things and I wear the hat and I have the special thing. And yes, it is absolutely true that you've been to a mainstream church that has a very complicated set of rules that you must follow if you are going to get your healing. But the thing is, it's true in all kinds of religious centers and campuses and Nannies, whatever word you want. Because absolutely, there is, there is a situation where you have to do the thing in a mainstream church to get killed. But on the other hand, you heard people say, well, I can't, I can't function today because my moon is in the house of pancakes or whatever it is. You know, my moon's always in the house of pancakes. But anyway, you know exactly what I mean. One way or another, this isn't a dig at any, partic any one particular tradition. This is an observation that there's a lot of rigmarole. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. And I don't think it's necessary. And neither did Jesus. What kind of hoops do you got to jump through in order to get your healing? This is the question. What can you stop doing? That's the question. And yeah, I know, this is the time when it would be very easy for me to say, organized religion has done this because they want to control you and they want you to put money in the basket and they want to drive Ferraris and blah, blah, blah. Organized religion ain't all that organized. <laughs> there's no conspiracy. It might be that there's some people who think that way, but you can't build a church on that kind of stuff. It doesn't work. People are too smart for that. That's not what it is. The truth is, in my experience, the idea of all of the crazy gyrations, the it's Sunday and moon is in retrograde, so right hand green, left foot blue, that's not institutional, it's individual. People do it to themselves sometimes. People go, well, I'm not really okay with, with my healing. I'm not really okay with being in love. I'm not really okay with being happy. i got to earn it by doing this little ritual of things that I have to do. It comes from the individual. It doesn't come from the institution. Most of the time, and so here's Jesus saying, do you got to do all of that stuff? What if you just got up and walked? And I love that I could have had a V8 moment where the guy was all, okay, I, I, are we good? Oh, okay, here we go. He doesn't even have to go to the water. Isn't it interesting? The Bible doesn't say, and he got up and walked and then splashed around for a while and everybody was happy. He just leaves. So he doesn't need to go through the outer thing anymore. Before, we talked about the idea of getting done with your internal rigmarole. This time, we're going to take it to the next level and say, let's be okay with not caring about what society tells us we have to listen to, what the world tells you you have to do. You have been told that you're supposed to be miserable until retirement, let's say. You've been told all kinds of nutty things that just aren't true, only as true as you buy into them. And I'm telling you that all you have to do is get up and walk. Not now, we got more Sunday service, but, but eventually, all you have to do is decide that I don't need this anymore. And it's beautiful that the paradigm is a stirred up pool, turbulent waters. If you're going to get your healing, you've got to be the kind of person that heads for the turbulence. And that's tricky, because I don't know about you, but a lot of people have been told to avoid turbulence at all costs. Avoid the rough waters. Avoid the, the troubling times. Avoid the places where you don't know what's going to happen. Avoid the unknown, right? But here's the thing, guys. God is unknowable more than what fits between your ears, right? Love is unknowable more than what fits between your ears, right? Everything good, art, beauty, truth, nobility, revolution is more than what you can own, right? And so it turns out the troubled waters, the unknown place, that's where God lives. Don't avoid adventure anymore. You know this because you've lived it. I know this because I've lived it. If you try to build a wall around your heart and try to make sure that everything is safe and stable, the instability will happen anyway. Adventure will call you anyway. You can have a protected life, and that's the day you get a flat tire or you get laid off or the thing happens. And, oh, that's not supposed to happen. Well, who said it's supposed to happen? What turns out is that you made a situation where adventure can only happen through something negative. Maybe it's time to tear the wall down. Head for the turbulence. Head for that because whoever gets there first gets the healing. 
Or, as it says in the scripture, last one in is a rotten egg. <laughs> Depends on your translation. But that's the deal. Head for it. Be an adventurer because you're going to be okay. God's got you. Maybe you don't need to get you anymore. That's where faith lives. In the rough waters. But that means letting go of some stuff. What can you let go of? <sighs> no more prayer of validation. That's what I'm trying to say. Guys, I can't tell you how many times somebody has come to me and said, can you pray with me so that I can stay the same? We've talked about this from time to time. It's a constant thing. It's kind of a bedrock level deal. Can you pray with me so that I can stay the same? I mean, I've got all of this you know, hate and fear and anger and separation in my heart, and so I live in a way that upsets people and I cause problems. Can you just fix the problems but not the solution? Can you fix the effect but not the cause? Please, oh, please, and guys, I don't have those magic words. It doesn't work that way. I have never been able to make it work that way. God knows I've tried because I've done this too. Can't I keep being, you know, narrow-minded and, and have a beautiful, bountiful life? No. And that's why that simple question that Jesus asked is so deep. He says, do you want to be healed? Because what he's really saying is for you to be healed, it means that stuff has got to change. For you to be healed, it means you can't live the way you used to be anymore. For you to be healed, it means you're not allowed to see yourself as a sick guy by the pool. Someone else needs the lawn chair. It's time to see yourself differently. If you are truly healed, it means moving past the hate and the fear and the shortcomings that you may have thought defined you. None of those things, exactly zero of those things, are the truth about you. And if you are to be healed, it means letting go of the old versions of you. And man, that can be tricky. All I know about myself is my dysfunctional childhood or, or this problem that I have or my fears about X, Y, and Z. I get it, but those things aren't true, and you don't really want them anymore. It's just convenient. Maybe it's time to really let ourselves be healed. I mean, let me break it down. God is good, life, love, perfection, beauty, all of the things that we know about, and we know more than that, right? God is all of these beautiful things, and God doesn't change. So let us stop praying the prayer of God, will you please be different? God, will you please make up equal down today? Doesn't work that way. And you don't want God to work that way. God already loves you. You don't want God to change. Stop praying the prayer of God, will you please bend the rules for me? God, will you please make north equal south today? Isn't it easier to just turn around? Really? That's what's at stake. How can you turn around today? How can you do something different? Can it be okay with you that the old you isn't the whole you? There's a theologian named Paul Tillich who says that a good word for God is ultimate concern. In other words, you've got a lot of versions of God. People got different words, and when they think of God, they think of different things. And all of those are valid, and all of those are great. But the real good way to understand, according to him, is God is like your ultimate concern. In other words, the biggest big of your life, the pivot point around which everything else goes. And so in other words, he might say, you can say lots of pretty things on a Sunday morning. But if you pivot around, I hate certain people, that's your God, no matter what you say. You can say all kinds of great words and read all kinds of great books, but if you pivot around... The separations between you and other people or low self-esteem or family stuff or whatever, that's your God. Now, there's a commandment about choosing just one God, right? But the point is, the thing that gets your attention, the biggest and highest of your understanding, is as good as you're going to get. So what's your thing? What can change? Because if you want your healing, it is time not just to change your mind, but it is time to pick up the ground of your being, to pick up the thing that you rest on, to pick up your palate and walk. That's the depth of this miracle. If you want your miracle, it means the thing that you rest on has got to move. No more of this, I'm going to go out into the world and be the way I want to be and then come back and you can just fix it again. Prayer doesn't fix, prayer changes. There's a difference. Yeah, exactly. 
apparently I'm supposed to move on. It sounded a lot like blah, blah, blah to me. Fair enough. I'll change too. Here's the point. I'm not here to validate. I'm here to change. You're not here to be validated. You're here to change. Look at your life and decide maybe there's a palette that I can pick up and move. Maybe the ground of my being, the thing upon which I base everything, doesn't need to be the thing upon which I base everything. What can change? What can I pick up and carry with me? Because I've got work to do. That's what got Jesus in trouble anyway, is doing work. They said, what are you doing working? It's our Sabbath. You're not supposed to do anything. Come on. I thought we were all in agreement. You're screwing up our day off. And Jesus said, God still works on Sunday. I mean, gravity still happens, love still happens, the sun still shines, it's all going on, God still works, so I work too, because you see, God's my dad, and yours too, and you want to hear any of that. But for Jesus, the idea is, you know what, there's still sick people, I'm not going to rest on that. My Sabbath, my rest, comes from having love happen. My Sabbath, my rest, comes from being a part of the outflow of life, and I don't hold still for it. I can rest in motion. Life is like surfing. That's where the Sabbath is. And so, I want you to think about the work that you have to do. And let that be okay with you. The prayer of validation is also the prayer of God, can I please hold still? And the truth is, God's got stuff for you to do. So maybe the prayer needs to change into, God, what do you got for me to do today? Because I know you're at work. I want to be at work on this. I want to do a thing. So the process outlined in the miracle was very simple. Think about your vision, what you see and what you no longer see. What do you want to see when you look in the mirror? And pick up the ground of your being. Decide what defines you, what defines your world, and decide if that's really what you want and what you can carry with you. And finally, walk. There's something you can do today. There's something you can do today. I'm not asking you to run a marathon. I'm asking you to take a step. Do something today in the name of peace, in the name of love, in the name of not being afraid. Do something today that moves you forward into the unknown, turbulent waters of your life because that's where God is looking back at you. You don't got to know how this works. In fact, it's better if you don't. Just surf it. I think all of us can identify with the guy by the pool. I think everybody knows what it feels like to say, you know, I've been here for forever. And it seems like other people are just getting their healing, their stuff, their true love, their miracle, their lottery ticket. How come that bozo won the lottery and here I am? Whatever it is, everybody knows that moment. But maybe it's time to not define ourselves as a passerby or a bystander. Maybe it's time to define ourselves as someone who's ready to jump in the water. Maybe it's time to get up and walk. Maybe it's time to be free. Because, after all, free freedom is the choice. So, I love how the last couple of weeks have been building on, you know, the the miracles that, well, the recorded miracles right. that, that we get to read about. And the order and, that they're in scripture. Right. You know, yeah. And the progression of the intensity of the, of the miracles. Mm -hmm. The, um, I guess maybe... Maybe the inten the intensity and the intention. Yeah, you, you get the yeah, idea I get that I think that you get the idea if you read in the Bible that Jesus was like, okay, <laughs> this is you know we're going forward with this, we're doing this now, and he's getting he's amping it. Yeah, like every well, single time. It's you almost know, almost like and and like I said, we don't really know what the chronological order really was of course in you know this is the order we get in scripture but the way that it is laid out for us it is in a beautiful teaching order so if you go back and listen to the previous ones we start very small but there's a piece of it and then you take that piece and you add on to it this time for example 
it's the healing of the man at the pool at Bethesda, and you know that because you just listened to it. But whereas before we were getting done with the rigmarole that you have to go through as an individual, now we're getting rid of that same thing in the outer in society. And we're getting to a place where we don't need the outer proof. And now this time, we also don't need inner validation. And so there's this wonderful inner outer, inner outer thing that goes on in this miracle. And it seems like, you know, I got to tell you, I've read the story a million times and it didn't occur to me how much depth is there. This series really is, I haven't said it this way because it sounds cheesy, but if you really look at it, this is a series about how to perform miracles. It's like a correspondence school. And I got it, you know, I'm, it's not a secret that I'm working on a book based on, and this series is going to be not the whole book, but part of the book. And so I'm really excited about just watching every time I read these, and I know these stories, I know these miracles, I love them, but I am amazed all over again by how beautiful the progression is. There's such depth and such magic involved in what seems like a simple moment. Do you want to be healed? Well, then let's get up and go. Well, and and as usual, it's it's one of those things where we talk about it and the realization goes, oh, well, that that, that sounds easy enough to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, get up and go. Yeah. go. Go do a thing. But I think that I can't be the only one on this planet that is really hard on themselves mm-hmm. based on what society has laid out for me to do. Sure. What I'm expected to do as a woman, what I'm expected to do as a mother, um, as a wife, as and especially as a as a pastor's wife. Are you kidding me? Sure. I can't tell you the number of times that people are like, Oh, are you are are, are you the wife? And I'm like, Yes. Yes, yeah, I am. And, and it's a very... Oh, that makes and, my and skin crawl. I can't well, imagine it's, how it's it makes a, you it's feel. A, it's a very proud moment because, yes, I, I am the wife, but in them saying that there is it there is there's weight. a pigeon well there's well yeah. there's weight behind it mm-hmm. and there's there's a there's an impression that they have of me and and if anybody listening knows who i really am <laughs> it, it i don't fit into any of those categories but i think the takeaway for me today was a couple of things that yes, you can't think about what other people are going to see you as, what society says that you should be, you know, that you can't get healed on the Sabbath, that there's all of these rules that you are not allowed to do, that that everything else. So yes, I think that that is the first step. Mm-hmm. But that is a very difficult step. It's a difficult step, I think, for me um, because I do put expectations on myself. But as I was listening and as I sit here talking about it now, it occurs to me that I always like to put this into practical application. I think that that's super important. It's like, mm-hmm. what can I take away that I can actually do? Yeah. And for me today, the practical application was if I stop putting other people in categories, it becomes easier for me to break out of those labels that are placed upon you and and that you have some sort of construct that you think that you need to live up to or whatever it is for whatever reason now they're good I think they move you forward I think that sometimes it can cause you to think about it a different way there's nothing wrong with identity this is who I am in the world sure stand up for something believe in a thing but your identity is a byproduct of what you have on the inside. What you have on the outside can't make the inside happen. And so many times people try to reverse the process because it seems so easy. If I just do things, doesn't that make me a certain way? And the answer is, of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. It never really works that way, no matter how hard we try. I love how um, feeding America and and not having the judgment of the people that just need some food that that I love we didn't do it on purpose but it really is a beautiful example of there are people from all walks of life that are food insecure mm-hmm. and and who are we to judge how they got there or why they need the food that's not for us to decide well and in fact if you decide to see somebody as less than or right. let's say poor or sick in the case of the man by the pool if you choose to see somebody that way that's all they'll be for you 
But also, one of the things, I, if I had had more time, I would have dug a little deeper on it, is this idea of your God is your ultimate concern. I so loved that. Thing, I was going to bring that, I was going to bring that up so much because it really, really stuck for me because I think that, you know, it's really easy to say, oh, you know, don't have other, don't have any other gods and don't but worship any the other gods. The thing that you were paying but attention man, to, that's your God. That was the intense. Thing, the thing that you're passionate about, the thing that you're aware about, if all you can do is point fingers at people on the other end of the political spectrum and they're stupid and they're no good and that's your God. Right. Is that really what you want? I'm not saying, just like I said, Jesus was very careful to speak out against injustice. Mm -hmm. He was very careful to defend what needed to be defended. No question. Jesus will kick the money changers out of the temple. Jesus will stand up for what's right. Jesus will speak truth to power. Yeah, this is but, not about being meek. Right. But he didn't even see the dysfunction. It's like, well, don't you just, you, don't you want to be well? Right. And it's such a beautiful thing that, that, we know how simple that is, but there's these things, there's a missing piece. And right now, for the sake of this story, the missing piece is, are you willing to pick up the ground of your being? Are you willing to let go of the things you think you have to do? And one of the things, I, I wish I had uh, put it in the talk, but it came out during the Ask the Pastor the questions afterwards, is I said, it sort of came to me, I said, uh, did you ever play Lava Floor? And... Eh, about three quarters of the people in the room knew what I was talking about. If you if you're listening, you probably know Lava Floor is a game you play when you're a kid and you're in the living room and you stand on the couch or whatever and you say, "Oh, the, the floor fl is lava." Yeah, I've yeah. played that a hundred oh, times. Yeah. And you got to jump to the chair, or the ottoman, or the coffee or this, table. This is the safe place. This carpet is safe, and this or you get you to would the kitchen the, or whatever. Well, yeah. and you would put the couch cushions, and you know mm -hmm. that that was your safe island, right. and yeah. And then somebody else walks in the room, a brother, sister, or a parent, or a friend, or somebody walks in the room, and you're like, "Oh, you're on fire!" And they're like, "I, I." That's not me. I, you guys did this before I got here. I'm not, I just want to go to the kitchen. I don't have time, whatever. And what I said this morning is that's Jesus in this story. It's like, it's great if you guys need to do that thing, fine, whatever. I'm not, right. I'm not about that. And it doesn't matter what process you have to go through. That's your process. It ain't mine. Here's my process. Jesus says, if you want to be well, get up, carry with you the whole thing the ground of your being, let that be progressive in terms of being open to progress. Let that be progressive too. Because wherever you journey, God's already there. For God, it's always right here, right now, right? So the idea is you don't have to do those, the rituals. You don't have to live up to the labels. You don't have to do anything. And in fact, maybe the thing that's holding your healing back is your fear of making waves when waves is precisely where you should be headed. So what I want you to know listening to this is don't be afraid. Head for the adventure because it's calling you anyway. You might as well enjoy yourself. This is the part of the podcast where we call your attention to all of the things that we're up to. We call it Check It Out. Yeah. And just just for a minute, we'd like to tell you about where you can find us, how you can reach us, what we're up to, and all that jazz, everything, everything about it. So the first thing that we want to let you know is if you are interested at all in what we're doing, the best way to find out everything that's going on is to visit our website, waterandstonechurch.com. You're going to see Sunday service titles. You're going to see um, our service projects that we do. You can listen to all of our podcasts. You can watch all of our shows on YouTube. <laughs> and we got a, a lot of all of those things. It is a cornucopia oh. of, of beautiful information, right? And May the odds all... <laughs> be ever in your favor. <laughs> and Dieter's blog posts are on there. It really is an amazing place. And I, ha I find myself going, oh, I have to go read that article again. I want, I want to go back there and and all of it so oh, i'm i'm really proud of the website you know there's i'm always tweaking it there's more stuff that i want to do and here and there i'm always making some little improvement to everything but i'm really working hard on the blog post because it's really important that this stuff be written down and i i bought myself uh, those of you who follow me on instagram know i bought myself a very silly mechanical keyboard a mechanical keyboard's got special it keys like an old fashioned typewriter yeah it's all clickety clack it makes a really loud click because you're really typing it it's not it's not like hitting buttons it's like 
pounding keys and I adore it. I've been writing, writing, writing in every spare moment. And those of you who, who know me know I have a day job. And so I fight for these little moments between meetings or I get up early in the morning and there's the click clack of the stuff that goes on the blog. And we really work hard on the things that we do because this is important because this is our hearts and we're happy to share our hearts with you. So please check out the blog posts and the YouTube channels and the, the podcast, obviously, and the calendar and the manifesto and the everything that's on the website waiting for you to discover. And I really want to call your attention in particular to the YouTube channels. And we talk about this a lot, but it bears repetition. If you go on our, we have two YouTube channels and you can get to both of them by going to the website at the top of the, the every page, there's a link that says gather as part of our navigation. And gather is the place you go to find out all the stuff that we do. And one of the things is our, our various activities. You can find out about the service project and everything else. Next to that is one that says watch. And watch is where you find out all about our YouTube channels. And one of them is just the main uh, Water and Stone Church channel. And you can get highlights, not the full audio or video, but just highlights of our talk, kind of edited up so like the greatest hits of every talk. But the other one is a show called This Day. Yep, that's my baby. And <laughs> head over if you want to yes, learn sir. how to make amazing vegetarian and vegan comfort food with a side of spiritual lesson go and watch go take a go take a look at it i'm i'm having such a good time it sounds like such a weird mixture when you're trying to explain it mm -hmm. you're working on the elevator but, pitch <laughs> right but it really really works yeah. it's it's an amazing experiment in just really taking these ideas and making them I don't know, relevant in, in your day-to-day -day life. And we have to eat. Yeah. So if you can think about this stuff every time you eat, you are well on your way to the practice of becoming just a spiritual master. Yeah. It's amazing. But, I love it. And plus, you get some really tasty food. Oh, man. Really tasty It's food. so great. The men's group that we have on, on Tuesday evenings gets to be the guinea pig for a lot of your recipes. They and do. They are so they do. delighted. I spoil the guys. Yeah. I do. I spoil them. But so that's another thing. We have a men's group on Tuesdays and a women's group on Thursdays. We have a sunrise walk. Every Sunday, we go to a, a sunset celebration when the weather allows us to do so. Of course, we have our Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock, which is really the cornerstone of everything. We have so much going on and we want you to be a part of any or all of it. So please go to the website, waterandstonechurch.com. Please follow us on social media. If you scroll to the bottom of any page, there's links to the YouTube, but there's also links to Facebook and Twitter. And we have an awesome Instagram account. I love it. There's motivational quotes on there. There's, there's shots of the sunset. There's all kinds of awesome stuff, but come find us there. And finally, the, uh, the best way to get in the immediate loop of stuff, to get the news and information, is by texting I am ready to 84576. I A M R E A D Y, one word. If you text I am ready to 84576, you'll be in the loop and you'll get, uh, we send about one or two texts out a week. You get our newsletter that way and that kind of stuff. Nobody gets inundated or spammed with anything, but it's a great way to get up to the minute news about what's going on. I am ready 84576. That's not the final thing because <laughs> the final thing is come and visit us on a Sunday morning. We are there every Sunday, 11 a.m., USF St. Pete Harbor Hall, 1000 Third Street South. If you want to change your life, if you want to start to move forward, if you want to have practical things that you can take with you through the week, through the months, through the year that you can practice and do and have a clear understanding of why you are here on planet Earth, <laughs> you need to come and visit us on Sunday mornings. It really is powerful. Um, you know, I'm I'm always so close to this stuff because I'm I'm married to the pastor, the lead pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have to tell you, since we started the church, my life and and my focus and my prayer time everything has been improved yeah and I think it, I feel I that think, too babe. I think it I think it demands it because we have to walk the you know mm -hmm. walk our talk or talk our talk or walk our talk we or, have to buy walkie -talkies. I don't know but something no, about walking and talking I don't know is, it's it's an but opportunity it, to share and it's what, what but I it experience it, it works it does work and what I experience is that there's a family there in a way that that that, that I'd never known before, not really. There's something beautiful about the people who come there who genuinely celebrate with you your victories, who cheer you on and hold you accountable like every good family should. People bust each other's chops. 
in a beautiful, friendly way. They support each other. They're there for each other through thick and thin. And as we grow, I know that that's something we will continue to fight for. There is a family there that can hold you up. So teachings that inspire, a family that supports, and just love through and through. So come be with us on a Sunday at 11 o'clock. It'll change your life. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the always comfy orange couch. And the butcher, baker, and candlestick maker of Pinfeather, <laughs> I got a quick think of a of, of one of those names, um, is uh, the, the head of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these podcasts and does so many other things. The other half of the music that you hear is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. And there's a million things you can do to support the church to help keep the lights on for us. You can go to the website and donate electronically. That's easy to do. You can shop at Amazon in such a way that supports the church. Go to the website and click on the donate button to find out more about things you can do. But really, really, whether you give electronically, whether you shop in that way, whether you write us a five-star review on iTunes, that really matters. Whether you share our posts, that's huge for us. You can like us on Instagram or follow us on, on Twitter or do those things. That's huge. It's huge for us if you share one of our blog posts with somebody else and spread the word in whatever way makes sense. If you happen to be in the physical area, you can grab a t-shirt, you can grab some flyers and some stickers and just make the world know about it. All of that is beautiful and really important. But just like we said, the number one thing you can do is show up. Just like I said, be there with us on a Sunday morning at 11. There's nothing like it on planet Earth. All we're missing is you.